Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Hey, I've got a couple of stories too. God's doing some great stuff. And uh, I love the prayer culture at Hope Community. I love how it's not reserved uh, just for some special people, but that there is a real heart for prayer and prophetic and encouragement. And uh, if, you, if you look around the room, even at the end of our times together, uh, you'll see these huddles of people everywhere just praying and blessing one another. And last night I was standing, uh, sun, last Sunday night, I was standing there at the end of in, Encounter and it officially ended, but the room was just full of people praying for each other. And it was the best sight. And this week we took our team um, down to a conference down at Bridgie Baps and we were there for the day. And while I was there, someone texted me and he said, Dan, I'm at the church. Uh, all the cars are here, but no one's here. And I said, oh, sorry, mate, like we're at a conference today. Um, I'll have to catch you another time. He said, yeah, no drama. He said, it worked out really well. While I was here, someone actually turned up just to receive prayer and I just got to pray for him and bless him. And I thought, how good is that? Thank you, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. And I had another story. Uh, the last time I sat with Cole Cochran and um, we were just talking about uh, he'd, he'd fought cancer for a long time. Colin had been in and out of hospital many, many times. And I was asking him, you know, what that was like when he was in there. And with everything going on at the moment, it can be quite lonely for people when they go into hospital. And he said, oh, look, there's, there's some chaplains that come around and see me every now and then. I said, oh, that's good. And I said, you know, what's, what happens when they come and see you? Do they pray for you? He said, you know what? They never pray for me. I said, really? The chaplains don't pray for you? He said, yeah, you know, so last time he said this chaplain came to see me and, and, and they were leaving and they hadn't prayed for me. And so I said, oi, get back here. And I said, how about I pray for you? And so he prayed for the chaplain and then sent them on their way. Isn't that great? And so God, God can just do awesome things just through prayer and just like the prayer time that Pastor Tam just, Tam just led. It's an opportunity for us to bless people. And I want you to know that even in those words and that faith, there is power. And, and you, may not even, you may not always see what God does there, but He's doing amazing things. So let's pray as we get into the Word this morning, hey? Can you just put a hand on the person next to you actually? And you just pray a blessing over them as, as I pray this morning. Father, we pray, we bless one another in Jesus' Name, Father. We bless those who are joining us online this morning, wherever they are, that Your presence will meet with them. Father, we thank You for Your grace in this room this morning, Lord. And as we come to Your Word right now, we just pray that we'd have open hearts and a hunger just to receive from You. Holy Spirit, we give You complete freedom in this space to come and speak and have Your way in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' Name. All God's people said, Amen. 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 So good. So good. All right, well, I've got a word for you today. And... Um, this is, this is not the, pa the passage of Scripture I'm taking you to. 
this is not the passage of Scripture that you want the pastor to preach from the day you finally bring that unchurched friend to church. All right? So I apologise for that in advance, especially if you're new to church. Welcome. We love you. Uh, give it a second chance if today doesn't make the cut for you, I pray. Um, but at the same time, I'm unapologetic also because we need to be very, very careful of just preaching only certain parts of the Bible and being selective. And you know my heart, I have no interest in just uh, being the entertainment. I'd be terrible at being that guy anyway. Um, so here's the Word of God for us this morning. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 8 and we're starting at verse 26 It'll come up on the screen for you as well. Luke 8, 26. Uh, I'm reading from New Living this morning. It says, So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he'd been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles. He simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. Is this an incredible scene or what? Are you there right now? You, with my, you know what I'm saying about this passage now, right? Okay, okay. They all drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Interesting response, right? Then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone, for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So 
he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Isn't that a great text? Isn't that an amazing scene? Now you realise what I was talking about. Like this, this is not your typical uh, Sunday school message. Uh, it is confronting, but it has a great ending, okay? Isn't that, that makes it all the more better, right? Uh, one of the things that I love about being a follower of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus for a long period of time now is seeing these stories in the lives of people seeing the transformation that God can bring in the lives of people. And I have encountered people just like this man in my ministry. And I know that may freak you out. Um, Sometimes we see activity, evil activity that is just out there and we can see it and it's obvious. And often there is so much evil that is going on that we, we may not see and it may not be so obvious. But I've encountered people just like this man. I've seen Jesus set them free. I've seen other people who have had various things going on in their life, different paths, and they have come to Jesus and been radically transformed in ways that when you meet them, you think, no way. I remember a friend of mine, he met Jesus while he was in jail His life was radically transformed. When he got out of jail, the police continued to pull him over any time they saw his car because they knew, we know who this is, his trouble, what's he up to? And every time he got pulled over after that, he would tell them, I'm a new man. I'm not living that life anymore. And they wouldn't believe him. And so for years, he just get, he kept getting pulled over and kept telling him, Jesus has changed me. And now he goes into schools and he tells young people about his story and what Jesus has done for him. Jesus can change anyone, but we grab these stories of people who have had incredible hardship, but it doesn't always look like that for everyone as well. And he still brings radical transformation. I've never been to jail. Um, It's not on my bucket list either. But God has radically transformed my life. He has changed me. And this is what I love about Jesus. Living for Jesus is exciting. Anyone who thinks it's boring like Ned Flanders stuff, uh uh-uh. You're just in the wrong places. You've got to get into some cemeteries or something, right? In the right places where the people are. There's three areas I want to teach into today. And so this will be a little bit teachy for you. If you're taking notes, here is number one. Here's this, how's this for a heading? The first teaching area is demons and evil. Okay? I hope you're still with me. Is someone still with me? Yeah. If you're on YouTube or Instagram already, just come back to me, Okay? There's something in this. Okay, heading one, demons and evil. Uh, This is not a message on spiritual warfare, um, but I don't want to skim over what we've actually read in our text either. Some people are like, oh man, where's the spiritual warfare message? We'll get to that another time, okay? The Bible teaches us that demons are fallen angels that work for Satan, who is their leader. 
And their mission is to destroy people and to destroy, ultimately destroy their relationship with God. They will do anything to keep people from God, a relationship with the Lord. And Jesus talks about this. Jesus said, the enemy comes to uh, steal, to kill and destroy. But He also says, but I, Jesus, have come that they, that's us, may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. So that's the enemy's agenda. There is no good in the enemy. Only good comes from the Father. Even Jesus, remember that once one time when someone said um, something about good teacher and He said, you know, am I good? And he, He was good, don't get me wrong. But the Father is good. The enemy, there is no good. He does not want anything good for you or for I. Demons are real and they are at work today. Um, When you read through the Gospels, you will see that a huge amount of the ministry of Jesus is dedicated to casting out demons and to setting people free from demonic possession and influence. His heart was to identify the works of the enemy and set people free by bringing light into darkness. Okay, are you still with me? Um, We think... I think not too many people here are excited about demons, right? No one's like, yay, so good, so good. (laughs) Apart from the football club, Ben Stiller. I don't know know how you could go for a team called the Demons, but anyway, that's another time. There's no judgment in that. He just hasn't converted to Collingwood. He hasn't seen the light, so there will be a day. I'm getting off track. Most people are not excited about demonic possession or influence, but the enemy is at work. And the reality is the enemy is very good at his job and there are many, many people who are suffering today because of demonic influence. And when we look at our passage, this man was suffering incredibly because of demonic possession. Okay, And when Jesus asks him what his name is and he says legion, the response there is connected to an understanding of the time where um, a Roman group of soldiers, a group of about 6,000 were called a legion. And so let's just say this man, he didn't just have one demon. He had had a whole legion of them, right? Um, We think... Demons are pretty freaky, right? And, and often churches, many churches will never speak about demons. But don't you think it's interesting that if we look into secular world today, people are obsessed with the demonic, with horror movies, with evil. If you like get on Netflix and just scroll through some of the movies that pop up, I don't even like looking at the covers, Right? And I hate when the ads come on TV for some of those things. I don't want to see it. But the world, the world is okay with it. And yet in the church, we often avoid this. This is a reality and we see it in our text and we see it today. And so we need to have an awareness of how the enemy works 
We need to have an understanding of it. But we also need to be very careful that we don't become consumed by it to the point where we take our eyes off Jesus and get wrapped up and consumed by the things of the enemy. And I want you to hear this too. If this is really freaking you out today, I want you to hear this, is that we do not have to live in fear of the demonic because as we see in our text today, they surrender and submit at the name of Jesus. Jesus has authority, right? To Him, they are like annoying mosquitoes that just need to be swatted and told to rack off, okay? That leads me into the second heading this morning, which is the authority of Jesus. Now, what we're actually reading here is a context of um, presentation that Luke is building to Gentile readers of who Jesus is. And what Luke is trying to do is trying to show them that Jesus is God, that He has authority over everything. And if we read back through other the cha- some of the other chapters and some that follow this, we will see that He shows us that Jesus has authority over the wind and the waves, that He can speak to the natural and it obeys, right? Now, I believe that Jesus is given all power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us, all right? Now, I have seen times, I can't take credit for it, where we have been praying and we have seen weather patterns move miraculously, right? For, for, for um, evangelism events that we've done where the rain was coming, we get together and we pray and the rain goes around us, things like that, right? I am yet to see, I have, as a surfer, I have prayed many, many times, Jesus, you can command the wind and the waves. So today, while it's flat here, can you just get these waves to jump up and just bless me with some incredible surf? I'm yet to see that happen. But I have been blessed many times. Luke is also showing us that Jesus has authority over demons that He has authority over sickness and death, that He has authority over the material, that even it submits to Him when He prays for loaves and fish, they multiply for His plans and purposes. Okay, so are we getting the point here that Luke's trying to get across? Jesus has authority over everything. He is the supreme, the ultimate authority. Nothing stands against Jesus, even the demonic. Evil submits to Him. When He speaks, it obeys. And so there are people all around us today in our world that do not acknowledge the authority of Jesus. But here's an interesting thing for you, is that even the demons acknowledge the authority of Jesus, right? They, refer, they, they know who He is. They refer to Him as Jesus, Son of the Most High God. And then they need permission for what they're about to do next. It says that Jesus gave them permission to come out of the man and to go into the pigs. So here's, here's where I come at this. 
the authority of Jesus is not up for debate. Okay, whether there are people in this world that think that it is um, or whether they don't acknowledge it as a follower of Jesus, it's just set in stone. Jesus is the authority over everything. And the Bible teaches us that there will be a point in time when every person in history will be confronted with the authority of Jesus Christ. And it says in that moment, Philippians 2, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. So there will be some people and they will be confronted with Jesus and that will be a uh-oh moment. Because they're going to be like, I didn't believe in Him I didn't live that way and yet here He is and now I believe He is the authority, right? And then there's going to be some, and we we can't get too proud here, but some of us are going to be like, yes, yes. We knew every knee will bow, every tongue confess. We bow before Jesus and we confess Jesus is Lord. That will be a great day. Now, the overarching theme of this passage is the authority of Jesus. And Jesus actually gives his authority to his disciples. Even in the very next chapter, it says this, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples. He gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all sicknesses, all sicknesses. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he sends them out to tell people about the kingdom of God. This is what God's kingdom looks like. And then at the same time to identify there are physical things that are not lining up with this kingdom. And so in the power of Jesus, we're going to speak into that and it's going to come into alignment with the kingdom of God. Are you with me? So they didn't just go out and tell about the kingdom of God, but they identified works of the enemy, things that did not align with the Father, and they spoke them into alignment with the Father. This was the calling that Jesus has given them. And here's the thing. Jesus gives that same calling to you and I as followers of Jesus. Now, some people are like, what the heck? I'm like, yes. This is the power that Jesus, the power of Jesus that lives in us. And the same mandate falls on us in the great commission that we are to go from here to the ends of the earth, making disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1.8 says, You will not go powerless, but you will receive power for the mission when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, we have a man, this, this is going to get more freaky for you, okay? I'm just giving you a heads up. Because we have a mandate as a church, a word that the Father has given to us as we were seeking Him many years ago now to say, who are you calling us to be as a people, Lord? He gave us this word from Matthew 10. Now, you know what? We know this is from the Lord because one, it came many times. And two, if you were going to look through the Scriptures, there's many more you could choose. All right. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, go 
Tell them about the kingdom of God. Tell them the kingdom of God is here. And then he says, I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons and cleanse the lepers. Now that is, you think that if we wanted to find a great feel-good verse, love your neighbour. Hey, church, we've got a word for us. We're going to love out. It was not the word we were looking for. I can tell you that. We even tried to reason that out. Heal the sick. Okay, Lord, we can probably get out, raise the dead. Yes, we're going to speak life into people in the name of Jesus. They're going to get saved. And the Lord said, no, hang on. I mean, raise the dead. And we haven't seen it yet, but we believe that He can do it. There will be a time. Cleanse the lepers. Lepers were outcasts and cast out demons, that there is a place for seeing people set free from evil so they can walk in the plans and purposes of the Lord. This is a mandate over us as a church. Teaching point number three is the transforming power of Jesus. All right, I'm getting teachy, more teachy here. Are you with me? Okay. So in our passage, there is a Greek word that is used to describe this man's freedom and healing. And it's the word sozo. And sozo is often translated as save or salvation, which is correct, but it's also a word that can be used in many different contexts. And therefore it has several meanings that all come together. And the other meanings, as you'll see on your screen here, saved, healed, preserved, made whole and delivered. So my point is in showing you this, is that in this context in particular, we see that do we believe that this man was saved? I believe that he was, that he was sitting in Jesus' presence, that Jesus said, go and tell people what the Lord has done for you. I believe that he was saved. But Jesus came and set him free from the demonic stronghold over his life. So he was also delivered. So my point in showing you this is that it is not um, Jesus' only intention to see us saved. It is a wonderful thing. In a moment, someone puts their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and their eternity changes. Now that is a great thing. But Jesus doesn't leave it there because He wants wholeness and wellness for the now. The Kingdom of Heaven is here and now. Otherwise, when we believe, we just get beamed straight to heaven. That would be cool too. But it doesn't happen like that, right? Because Jesus has plans and purposes for us. And so His saving work is bigger than what we often limit it down to. He wants to come into every area of our lives. So I want you to hear this. Biblical salvation is not limited to restoring our relationship with Jesus. 
That is a wonderful thing. Do not hear me talking that down in any way, but that is not where it stops. Jesus wants to bring transformation into every area of our lives. He wants to bring transformation into your marriage. He wants to bring transformation into your finances. He wants to see your heart change in areas of generosity. He wants to see your thought life actually transformed. He wants to see your relationships transformed. Jesus wants to come into every room of the house that is your heart. That's His intention. Now, why is this so important for us to understand this? Is because we need to understand what Jesus makes available to us. And we also need to understand it because we need to know what Jesus makes available to other people. Jesus wants to see people set free, healed, made whole, transformed. How many people know that you can be saved and everything else in your life can still be chaos? Amen. And that's because of a work in progress, because of the Father's grace. But as we submit things to the Lord, He comes and He brings transformation. So what does this mean for us? Okay. At our house, my wife doesn't know I'm telling you any of this stuff right now, okay? We have this room in our house. It's the front room too, closest to the front door. If you ever come over, just open the door and have a look. It's our junk room, okay? It's actually our office. But when we do a tidy up and we don't know what to do with something, it goes in the junk room, right? Does anyone else have a junk room? Yeah. Well, we have a garage and it's a junk room as well. But, uh, and, and in the junk room, our office, uh, there's lots of different things and things that um, are gonna you know, be taken somewhere, given to someone, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the treadmill is in the junk room. That's where the treadmill lives and there's stuff on the treadmill. Does anyone else have a treadmill like that? Am I the only person? I'm, we're the only people. Okay, thank you. Thank you. No one even just said, I'll put my hand up just to make him feel better. But We have a junk room. Now, we could, we could leave that the way that it is and we close the door. And you know what? Most of the time, I forget it's even like that, right? And I'm OCD. And so we could leave it like that. But then if we want to enjoy that room, and it's a beautiful room, so the front of the house has got these huge windows that look out over our garden. We've got a dam on our property. It's beautiful. I love sitting at my desk and working in that room. But if I want to clean it up and enjoy it, right, then I've got to open the door. And I've got to go in there and I've got to do some work, right? Now, that's work that I love doing. But it's work that we can easily avoid as well. And we could just close the door and leave it like that. It could sit like that for years. It doesn't really matter. Well, we don't get to enjoy it, right? And so it's possible for us to live our lives as followers of Jesus and to only give Jesus authority in certain areas of our life. And when we do that, I can promise you there will be limitation 
in those areas. We'll not get to see the fullness of God in those places. And so for you, it may be your finances. You're like, Lord, you can have everything. But the finances, I'm taking control of that. If you tell me to give, I'm not giving. It's for me. All right? It could be your finances. You've just locked that off. You've closed that door. You're not going in that room. It could be all these different areas of your life. And you can love the Lord and you can follow Him, but not give Him access to those areas. Jesus wants to bring transformation. So what does it look like? Let me wrap this up real quick. Band, you guys can come up. Three things really quick for you if you wanna know what to do. First of all, we need to identify that Jesus is the source of salvation and healing. Now that sounds obvious, that's an obvious point, but it's not so obvious because so often we live and we look to other things to be the source of healing, to fix the problems, right? My wife has this saying that she challenges me, she's really spiritual. And she always said, I'd be talking to her about something, she says, well, have you prayed about that? I'd like to say that all the time I say, yes, I've already prayed about it. But most of the time she catches me before I've prayed about it. It's really annoying, but she says it anyway. And it points out that I've been looking to other things, other options before I've even taken those things to the Lord, right? We need to identify that Jesus is the source. Second, we actually need to take our need to Him, right? We need to get intentional about this, that we need to open the door, that we need to invite Him into these places because we have things that God wants to do in us and through us. And so we actually have to do something about this. And I love that tonight the Reform course starts. There's over 40 people who have said yes to six weeks of intensive discipleship, going deeper with the Lord. They've said yes. We're going to go on this journey and see what God wants to do. Third one is this, that we need to live as a disciple, that we need to actually follow Jesus. I love that when we see this man set free, that we see him sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, when it comes to authority, if we want to move in the authority of Jesus, then we need to be submitted to the authority of Jesus. Right? If, if you want to get the abs, then you can't complain because you're feasting on KFC and you don't move and the abs aren't coming, right? But if you start to eat clean and move your body a little bit, maybe one day the abs will come, right? Change will come. But we need to be living as disciples. And in that time, as we do that, transformation comes. As we start to pray for our enemies, transformation comes. May not always see them get changed, but will be changed. As we start to look to Jesus first, transformation comes and we see His goodness. And so we need to be living under 
the authority of Jesus. Now, as I look across this room today, I see so many stories of transformation. It just, it gets me so pumped because I know so many of these stories or bits and pieces of these stories. And it's amazing. It fills me with faith. But here's the thing is that God wants more for every single one of us. No one's finished yet. And Jesus is capable of producing radical transformation. This is what He does. And so it's time for us, it's time for you and I to step up and receive this, to say yes to this so that we can get the wholeness, the deliverance, the healing, the salvation that we actually need because God's got plans and purposes for us, for you and I. And so here's what I wanna do this morning. I just wanna um, get you to jump on your feet and close your eyes. Was that your knees, Pete? I don't know if that came across the live stream, but if you, if you heard an odd noise, Peter Butler's knees as he, as he got up. We need to pray for knees today. All right. Now, I just want you to close your eyes really briefly. And I actually want you to picture that Jesus is coming towards you. Maybe you picture this scene and He's, he's in the boat and he's, he's sailed to meet you. He's getting out of the boat and He's coming towards you. And as He comes towards you, you can actually see that you know in your spirit that He has the ability, the authority to um, transform any area of your life. And as you think about that and you see Him coming towards you, you know instantly where you want Him to bring freedom and healing. And I want you to tell Jesus, just in your heart, in your, in your head right now, what is that area of your life where you long to actually see Him bring freedom? Tell Him, maybe if you've kept the door closed for a long time, tell Him. It's been hard to open that door. Maybe you haven't wanted to before. Tell him what's going on with that. But I just, want, I just want you to tell Jesus what that area of your life is. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.